Welcome to Practical Awakening. In this podcast, I share conscious conversations with incredible women about human design, spirituality, and the practical application of them in your life and in your relationships. I'm your host, Rachel Amy, human design expert, life coach, and yoga teacher from the UK. I believe that we're all spiritual beings, uniquely designed and perfectly placed with such an important purpose. So if you're ready to explore human design, practice deep self-acceptance, and put your spirituality to work, let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Practical Awakening. I'm super excited about this week's episode. So our guest today is Susan Beauregard. She's a 2-4 manifesting generator, and she is here to share how human design and astrology come together, where they overlap. So her and I connected, we started reading each other's charts, seeing how all this information really works together. And then we've started using it with clients. So they will get a natal chart reading and a human design reading and really seeing them change their lives with this information is just like incredible to witness. So we talk a bit about Susan's work with evolutionary astrology, how the natal chart gives you that kind of like soul's purpose and your journey through life where you are seen and you're reminded of who you are and how human design helps you to take that into your day-to-day life. It helps you to create boundaries that feel good. It helps you understand what trust and following your gut or your intuition means to you and to powerfully own the energies that you have with the awareness of the energies that you brought into this life and through the different phases that you're really going to experience as well. We have a really great conversation about fear, about the difference between your intuition and fear and just the fear and lack conditioning that we we live through and how important it is to be aware of your energy and be aware of your vibration and shifting that vibration to beauty and love and compassion in order to overcome those things that we don't enjoy about the world so much and that we wish we could change. We talk about autonomy and how important that is and how we use these modalities and these systems to give your autonomy and your power back to you, that it is never, never about us. This was an incredible conversation. We could have gone on for hours. We're developing a program together that I can't wait to share with you guys as well. So let's dive into this episode. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Hello. It's such a pleasure. I am so glad for us. I love when we get together and talk about human design and astrology. So I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, me too. I love the way that we've kind of just brought our heads together to figure out how these really interplay and how they can really work together to change people's lives. I think it's just so cool. It's very cool. Very cool. So I always like to start with the same question here on the podcast. Like when did you first discover human design and what were your first kind of thoughts of it? Wow. So for human design first came into my consciousness, it, it had to been like three or four years ago and someone had mentioned it and I was curious and I ran my chart on one of those free sites. And it was very overwhelming. And I just Mm. remember thinking, I have no idea what this means. And it just kind of very quickly went out of my consciousness as quickly as it came in. And it just sort of sat. And then in, I um, graduated from Radiant Coaches Academy. That's where I'm certified. And there were some discussions about human design. And again, ran my chart again, still like, (laughs) didn't make no sense to me. And then we had connected and you did my chart and things just started popping. And that's one of the things I love about you is you just, you're not only knowledgeable, but you're passionate. And and it really helped me connect the dots and have some of the things make sense. So that's kind of my evolution with my awareness of my human design. Yeah, I think a lot of people kind of have that same kind of journey through it. Because the first time you pull it up and you just go like, what the fuck am I looking at? (laughs) you know like there is no like just looking at the chart like there's no pointers you have no idea like if you know the chakras you might be like "Hmm, they look kind of like the chakras but like that's it there's nothing else to go off is there no definitely not (laughs) and being an astrologer the seeing the planets sort of started to make sense but then like I started getting into gates and I'm just like, forget it. I can't, like, it was just very overwhelming. But I get it because astrology is the same way. 
mm. is that people have a base understanding of certain elements. And then when you start deep diving, it just, they just start glazing over. So I, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. And I think with human design, because there's so many moving pieces and parts, and even though astrology, I think when you think about it, people think just like the zodiac signs and it seems more simple. But when you add in, you know, the houses and the planets, it's the same moving pieces. You know, like if you have, you know, your son in Virgo, but it's in a different house, it's going to have a completely different you know, experience of that, whatever it is. And then if you're like sun gate in human design is in a center, whether it's open or closed, is going to have a different experience, you know, whether it's defined or I mean, whether it's... um conscious or unconscious and there are all these moving pieces that I think is what makes it so intricate and it's definitely why I love it it's like it is that intricacy that you just can't avoid yes yeah absolutely and I think what I really appreciate is because we had connected you you'd done my chart and then we started talking because you wanted to understand more about how the astrology piece like what, what the planets meant and that sort of thing. And then we started reading each other's charts and like seeing correlations between the two, which was so cool. And I feel like, cause at first, honestly, I, I, before I met you, I had no idea how human design would help me in my world. I really had, I just couldn't understand it. And the way that you guide people through what their charts mean and how they can actually really use it in life to have better relationships or make decisions, uh, I think is a missing piece with a lot of the chart readings. And so I, and I actually try to do the same thing with astrology because I think a lot of people have had natal chart readings and it's almost like a novelty or if they're curious. And then I've talked to so many people who have had their charts read and they're just like, well, I don't really remember it. And it just was kind of cool when it happened. And for me, it's so powerful to try to incorporate, well, this is how it can impact your life. This is how you can understand who you are, embrace who you are. And then as we started talking, we could see how the astrology and the natal chart and the human design fit together. And where my thought was originally going, <laughs> I have a tendency to do this, um, is with astrology, it is such a deep history it was really refined um, in Babylon and the the ancient libraries burned so a lot of the ancient texts don't exist anymore but then there's the um, Eastern astrology the Vedic astrology there's Western which was uh, continued on by the Greeks and so it's got a very long history and a lot of what I think gives people some, sort of comfort level with astrology it's it's based on planets which are real objects and i have a facebook group practical astrology for everyday life i love posting pictures of planets because you can see that it exists pluto is a real physical thing saturn is this beautiful gorgeous planet so there's some solidity in it i think that helps people anchor but also the mythology that a lot of the archetypes are based on helps people to kind of correlate. And I, I feel that as we're kind of connecting the astrology and the human design, that that helps to kind of flow into their knowledge of human design. Like they can see how all that cor correlates and continues on into how they interact with the world. And I think I'm jumping ahead because <laughs> we, we're, I, you know, we, we haven't really talked about where we landed on how things interact, but, I just wanted to throw that out there because I just think it's really beautiful how it flows together. Oh yeah. I love everything that you shared. And I think one of the reasons I love human design and the reason I love reading charts and sharing it is because I go into every reading with, I want this to change your life. Mm -hmm. You know, I want this to not just be some fun thing you saw on the internet. I want this to be the first day of the rest of your life of you living as you and doing things that feel good and giving yourself permission to just be who you are. So all the readings I go into, I'm like, here's some information, but what are you going to do? Like, I want you to put it into practice in life. You know, I want this to change your life because otherwise it is just fun information, you know? And I think we both have that same kind of idea when it comes to what we do and how we share it. 
I'm like, this is just a modality for you to live the best life you can imagine. It's not about the human design, you know? And I think I'm very aware of sharing with clients, like, you know, how does this feel? Does this land? Like, if it doesn't, that's fine. It might land at some point in the future. Maybe it landed in the past. But if it doesn't, it's not yours. Ignore it. You know, like, I'm not telling you who to be, but I'm giving you a framework within which that you can maybe accept yourself more deeply than you ever have before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because, you know, in our society, whether it's your family system, your community, your culture, we really are impacted by the energy that's around us and by the belief system that we're raised in. Again, whether it's it's in your family, your culture, your community, your country. Um, and I, I found that when I, so when I read a natal chart, so the, let me back up for a second. The branch of astrology that I practice is evolutionary astrology. So it was developed by Jeffrey Green and Stephen Forrest. Jeffrey Green is a third last name and I never remember it. Um, <laughs> independently of each other, which I think is so beautiful. And it tells me that it's got validity when there are two people that are developing this approach separately. And they started to develop it in the 80s. And it's based on the premise that we live multiple lives and that your natal chart is really your soul's map of this lifetime. You can read it and understand some of the karmic energy that you bring into this lifetime you can also understand what your soul has, is seeking to learn in this lifetime as well. And so it's amazing because some people have very visceral reactions to situations where other people, it's like not a big deal. And as an example, for me, I really, it just really, I have this crazy visceral reaction when people don't believe me or I give them information that I know to be true and they just don't. And, but come to find out based on my Pluto placement, which is all of my past life stuff. It's in my third house, which is communication, learning um, how our brain processes. And it is in Virgo, which is about perfection and wanting to reach the ideal. It's also about student and teacher where in my past life, I have been either shamed by teachers or, told that my knowledge isn't correct so i don't trust myself and it, and and so when you some people have visceral rea reactions like that to situations and they're not understanding why and so when i do a chart reading i start to incorporate i incorporate all of those all of that information and it's amazing because they feel seen they feel understood they understand why um, they have the reactions they have or why certain things come up and they may not have had an experience in this lifetime that would warrant them having a reaction like this, but it all starts to make sense. And then they see what they're, they're here and they're meant to do. And, and it gives permission. You use those words, gives permission. And it really gives them permission to start to drop all of that drop the stories that they were raised with or the beliefs they have about themselves. And as you and I were, have been talking and looking at each other's charts, we have come to realize that that's sort of where the astrology meets the human design. Because now, like when I, I, I was just actually, you write these beautiful love letters, which I just love for your human design clients. And I was just looking at my love letter and how now the human design helps to inform me of how do I make decisions? Like in spite of all of this karmic ether stuff I bring in and beliefs and, and energy, how can I make decisions? How can I live my true purpose? And I know what my purpose is by looking at my chart, but the human design really, I feel is where the rubber meets the road and giving me tools and, per and even more permission to process things the way I need to, to interact with people the way I need to, so I just think the two together are just so incredibly powerful. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what I've loved learning as we've kind of, you know, like both shared our expertise with each other and spent that time, you know, you read my natal chart and then I compared it to my human design and I read your human design and you compared it to your natal chart and really finding those pieces is what I've seen as like the natal chart, as you said, it's like your soul's kind of map or your soul's journey. So it can talk to like, you know, your childhood and what kind of things are going on and in your family and career and all those sorts of things that human design doesn't speak to in such a kind of like, I feel it's like the natal chart goes through like the phases of your life or it can talk to those timings. Whereas with human design, like it's just the energy that you have all of the time. You know, like you are born with this energy, you will die with this energy. It's never going to change. So it's saying like, these are all the things that you can expect in your life or you have been through in your life or past lives. And this is the bigger journey that you're going on, which is what I find in the natal chart. And then with human design, it's like, and this is what you can do with it today. This is where you can recognize these energies today. This is how you can make your decisions or follow your emotions or give yourself permission. I feel like it's almost like it's not like knowledge about who you are. It's a reminder of who you are. Like you always knew but we are, we're under all those conditions of who we should be or who we're told to be or who we think we're going to be in order to fit in. And these, I think, are just reminders of, you know, everything is divinely timed. You are perfectly placed. You've never had to be anyone apart from yourself. And the longer and longer you remind yourself of that and the more you spend time doing the things that feel good in a way that they feel good to you, you get to kind of like take off those layers don't you and just give yourself permission to be where you're at and I think it's just so beautiful having that greater kind of life path and soul's journey combined with like what are we going to do with that today yes absolutely and it I I love that we started collaborating as well I've had clients I have a coaching container there it's either two month right now it's either two month or four month I'm going to switch the programs up a little and in the four-month container, it's been a natal chart reading, and then your human design, and then coaching for the clients. And I, I, I feel so strongly and so powerfully, or feel very powerfully, that it makes sense to have both because it's so valuable that I feel that I'm part of what I'm going to switch up in the programs is just to include um, natal chart and human design in both because it's just so transformative for the clients that have been in the four month container. And so that with the natal chart, they feel so seen that this is who you are and this is how you interact with people. And this is what your soul's called to do. And this is some of the energy you bring in. And they're just like, Oh my gosh. Yes. I actually had a natal chart client. I just read her chart. And she sent me a message about, and she kept reading, going through the reading the night before, how the light bulb went off that she gets permission to make decisions based on what is right for her. And then I had another natal chart client. And again, these, are, these weren't coaching clients. They're just natal chart readings. As I began the reading, she burst into tears. Like she felt so seen just started crying. And that's not the first person I've had that. So it's so powerful. And to incorporate the human design, it's almost, I kind of equate it like you, you, you have your car, which is like kind of the natal chart, but you don't know how to drive your car until you actually get some instruction on what the levers mean and the pedals. And that's like the human design is it's how you operate your level levers and your pedals and what the buttons mean and the little lights that go on. And so with the clients that have had both, they feel seen with their natal chart, but then with the human design, they have the tools. So there was one client that we, we both worked with and, you know, very driven and feeling like I need to do this and, and, and like time was ticking and it was amazing after the readings with us and some coaching, all of a sudden she realized that, you know what? I can trust myself. I don't, I'm, I get to set my boundaries. 
Mm-hmm. And her human design helped her the, and the information you gave her really helped her understand the way that that worked for her in the context of her design. And there is a trust and surrender now that she, because we could see on her chart where she's meant to go, like what her her vocation is, what her soul's purpose is, what her great work is, which which is usually a Saturn placement. Where's your great work in this lifetime? She knows that. But with the human design and the reflection questions you've given her and the support in making her really sit back and feel into her body and how to feel into what the right decisions are. She's just like, you know what? I need to protect, protect my energy. I have, I'm creating my boundaries and I am feeling into what the next right thing is for me. I'm feeling into the decision and I, and for the first time I can trust and surrender that what's going to happen is going to happen in my best good. And this was a person very type A when, when she first came aboard and it just, and it's seeing transformations like that, that I'm just like, like, it's just so amazing. Just so amazing. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's so important as well that we have, you know, like these modalities and these systems and the fact that they are thousands of years old and the fact that they all intertwine. And I'm like, so many thousands of year old modalities that all intertwine can't be wrong. You know, like there's yeah. too many of them for it all to be made up. It doesn't make any sense. But I think we're told, like, as you move through life, you know, we're told, like, ha- create your own boundaries, like, trust your intuition or your gut, trust in yourself. But these are such abstract terms. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. how do I do that? You know, and following your gut for you as a sacral being is very different than me following my gut as an emotional non-sacral. Like that's not, it's not the same, is it? And I think we're told these like big abstract ideas in the world. And one society doesn't actually want you to do that. They want you to sit down, shut up and do what everyone else is doing and just, you know, make you feel good by telling you to like trust your gut. But then human design actually gives you a framework of this is how your intuition is probably going to show up. Mm -hmm. This is where you're going to need the biggest boundaries. This is how you're going to feel best expressing those boundaries. These are the things that are probably going to come in and like earworm and tell you you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. And just having that knowledge of knowing these is like kind of like, I call it the negative self-talk that lives in like the open centers to be like, this is the negative self-talk I need to look out for. This is how I feel my intuition or my big, my higher guidance, you know, that gut feeling. And this is where I'm probably going to need boundaries based on those areas of my human design. And I think that's why it's so transformative because most of us go, you know, 30, 40 years of our life before anyone ever sits us down and be like, you can trust in your body. This is how your body is going to express itself. And this is why you get to do what makes you happy. And it's just crazy that it takes decades for us to get there. But then the transformation, it's just like, and I know, you know, in yourself seeing the transformation and then seeing it in other people, like it's the most intoxicating thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, going back to what you'd said before, too, is that because everybody does process their intuition differently. It is different things to different people. And a lot of people question, okay, what they can't discern what really is my intuition and what's fear. Mm. And that's bit because there, there, there are those voices or it comes from a, a place of fear. What if I'm making the wrong decision? And, and they really don't trust themselves. And it's interesting how all of that feeling lives in the body. So, so, and I love a lot of what the advice that you give is to have people start to tune into what that feels like just by making simple decisions. Like, do I go right or left? Do I want ham or roast beef? <laughs> that kind of stuff. Cause there's not a lot of, not a lot of risk in it. And then people can start to feel where in their body the sensation is because I know for me, when I make, when I go to make a decision, 
and I start to question, I feel fear in, around my heart center because that was closed down for a very long time. And that's a lot of where my anxious part is, is in my chest. And when it is a decision that is correct and aligned for me, I, I feel it in my gut. I feel that, that energy, but a lot of people, I mean, going back to society too, we're so disconnected from our bodies. We're told to not trust our bodies, not trust our, what our bodies are telling us. And realistically, we know our bodies better than anybody else does. It doesn't matter how many degrees you have, whatever, you know, medical profession you're in. We know our bodies best. And, and throughout life, we've been cut off from trusting that as well or feeling into the sensations in our body. We feel something and instead of sitting there and feeling into what it's telling us, we rush to get a test or we go to someone else to, to tell us what that means. When we have the answers inside of us, we just are constantly kind of battered around and thrown off course by the, the chatter and everything that's going on in the world. So we're, I feel like some people choose it because it's hard to sit and dial into yourself. It's not for everybody. I mean, this work really is not for everybody. And so if you're not one that wants to sit still and really feel into what your body's telling you and really get to know yourself, this is not the work for you. <laughs> it can be very intense, but very rewarding. And so for the people that really do want to understand themselves better, want to have more trust in themselves, more discernment, and then more surrender, like this is definitely the work to get into. This is the way to go. The other thing I wanted to say too is that you're right. There's so many modalities out there and there is no one better than the other. It really is whatever speaks to you. I do know that a lot of my clients, they try all the things like they're trying to th try all these things to see what lands. And that's not bad. I'm not, I mean, I'm the same way I I've done. I can't even tell you all the things I've done <laughs> just to try to explore and to get to know myself better. What I love about we're, what we're doing is that, we're not leaving it for people to figure out on their own how they fit together. Like it's a definite roadmap. It's a definite support around, okay, now you have this knowledge. How can, how can you utilize this? Giving them tools, reflection questions, exercises. And to me, that's very powerful. It's not like, okay, now you have this information. Bye. Have fun. Like it's, it's not that at all. Yeah. I think that's so important. Like, and as you were kind of talking, like, you know, your body better than anyone else, but also like your body knows you, you know, like you are the same being, like we're not body and mind, like you're one thing. And if your body's telling you something, it's because it knows. And what I love about my body in regards to like, instead of my mind is my body's reacting to the moment all the time. Whereas my brain and my mind can be up in stories and ideas and thoughts and expectations but my body can't hold those frequencies. You know, it's only reacting to the right now. And yes, obviously your body can react to your mind, but when it comes to authority and making that decision, be it with your sacral or your solar plexus or your spleen or whatever it is, your body just knows things. And I think it's such a beautiful invitation back into that wisdom of your body that we have always had. But like you say, the moment we're born, we're taught, the people in the white coats know your body better than you do, mm -hmm. you know, and they just, they just don't, you know, like, you know, what's best, but we're living in this state of constant action that our solution to everything is more action, you know? Mm -hmm. So rather than sitting and waiting and feeling or just like waiting for something and all, see all of the authorities are about waiting, you know, the sacral has to wait for the sacral response. The emotional is waiting for the emotional wave. The splenic is waiting for the spleen to speak. And it's the waiting that I think we all struggle with so often because society is like next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. And by doing that, you're actually never here and like in this moment. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to go back to something else you said too, which is something I just love to talk about, is really learning to discern like what's intuition and what's fear or anxiety. Mm -hmm. You know, and I find I have that conversation with people a lot, like, oh, like, how do I know the difference? 
And I'd love to know your experience of this. Like I know you have a defined emotional center as well, but you have a defined sacral too. Of when I follow my authority or like when I reach that clarity of the emotional wave, like it just is or it isn't, you know, like in my body, I feel like it's almost like a, like the energy drops and it's either a yes or a no. It's not a, yes, you're going to go there and do this thing. And then we're going to do this and it's going to be amazing. And it's never a, no, don't do that because X, Y, and Z. It just is, you know, it's like, we are, or we're not, that's it. And obviously again, emotional wave, we probably are, or we're probably not, you know, we're never really a hundred percent, but anytime it's anxiety or fear, there is more than a yes or a no. Mm-hmm. It's a like, yes, you have to go this because then maybe you'll have this opportunity. You might miss th- meet this person and this might happen and this might happen. Or it's like, no, don't go there because you're probably going to die and crash your car. And what if we run out of money? And obviously cataclysmic in my brain all the time. And I'm like, if anything comes after, like if there is a because, that is not your that is not your intuition. And like, that is not your authority. Yes. Yeah, I, so it's, I don't even know if I said what my human design is. I'm a manifesting generator and I have found, I've learned, especially over the last year, cause I've been, my business is sacred soul ventures. So it's been a year and a half since I've been kind of official and registered with my state. I live in the U S and Connecticut, but it's not it was, kind of official. Like it's been definitely official. It's been definitely it official. Been official. Well, <laughs> I say kind of official because I filed the paperwork. I was doing Reiki years before that, just not under the umbrella of a LLC. And I stepped out of my corporate job, corporate nonprofit. I worked in healthcare. So you can imagine how that was during the pandemic. Lost two mothers in that time period, my adopted mom and my biological mother. So that gave me a lot of clarity and direction about Mm. how I don't want to live my life. So June 3rd of this year was a year since I had stepped into Sacred Soul Ventures full time. And there was a lot of conditioning that I had to work through. And thankfully, I signed on with Paula Shepard's program, which is how I met you, the Courage Blueprint, mm-hmm. which was, I don't know, honestly don't know how I would have gotten through the last year had I not met both of you. <laughs> but that, it was so conditioning that things had to be done a certain way, because that's how I'd done them in corporate. And also so much fear about belief systems that I had growing up. So both my parents were depression era babies, my adopted parents, and they always felt a drive to work. And it didn't matter if you loved your work. It didn't matter if it sucked. You had to work. You worked your entire life. And enjoyment was for retirement. And there's always that security piece. So that being an entrepreneur really rocks a lot of the foundations of those belief systems. And it was really, I, there are times where I was just out of my mind with anxiety and fear. And I can honestly say that, and especially being a manifesting generator, it's like, I have these ideas and I want to move and I want to act. And I'm like, people look at me and they're just like, how do you do all these things? Cause I'm involved in quite a, quite a few things aside from my business. And I like to be active. And what I was, as I look back on my journey over this last year, there was a lot of reacting and making decisions out of a place of lack or fear. And I came to a point somewhat recently, probably April or May, where I was just like, you know, my business is growing and I purposely took some time off in May. It was my birthday, May 4th. So those of you familiar with astrology know that we had two eclipse portals. There was a partial solar on April 30th and a full lunar on May. I can't remember now. My birthday was in between the two of them. So very intense energy for me. And plus Pluto went into retrograde and then Mercury. So there's a lot of intense energy <laughs> and things that directly impacted my chart. So I took some time off. and the, But then I started getting this fear of like, oh my gosh, I haven't signed new clients. I, where is, you know, my income, like, am I a failure? Like, what am I doing? And, and that fear came up of wanting to have to grind again 
and like do all those things. And I, you know, I had to take a step back and breathe. Paula really talked me down (laughs) off a cliff, thankfully. But I started to realize that and looking back at the last year that I have made decisions out of fear of anxiety. Like I had to, I have to do these things to be successful. And I've bought software. I don't even really use now. (laughs) It's just like, why, why did I think I had to do that? But it was out of that place of fear. I didn't stop and really feel into whether this was the right decision or not. And so I've really been this month, breathing a lot, taking time for myself, and really trying to focus on what is the right next action, like like feeling into what is the right next thing to do instead of, and, and, and it's hard to describe because I feel it in my body, but I, again, it's in my, my gut and my abdomen and my, in my sacrum, sacral chakra. And it just feels light and bubbly and it feels right. And when I start to question or something comes up and I see someone doing something or maybe something comes into my awareness and I'm thinking, well, maybe that would be a good thing. If I start to feel a, um, trying to find the right word, feel like a FOMO, like I have to do it, like it's something I need to do right away. Um, it's usually not the right thing. It's, it's based out of fear or based out of missing out or, or something like that. I, I can't really quite put my finger on the correct phrase to use. So what I've, and it's interesting too, because it's, I was reading my love letter that you wrote me for my human design. And I also have my natal chart in front of me. So it's very much about me doing things in my own time, in my own way, and really feeling into what the correct sacral response is for me. And so it's really interesting because I'm a Taurus sun, and I also have a stellium in Taurus, which is four more planets in the sign, which is my Venus, Mercury, and my Mars in addition to my sun. And in evolutionary astrology, Taurus is about peace. In prior lifetimes, I've really been through it, and this is my lifetime, to feel into what is right for me, to do things in my own time, in my own way. Taurus is very much about feeling into your body, feeling into your gut instinct, that that kind of, they call it an animal instinct, but, but it really is like that true instinct, feeling into your body and doing doing things in a slow and peaceful way that, that are right for you. And Taurus happens to be in my, all these planets happen to be in my 10th house, which is vocation, career, and my gift to the world and my very public face. So it's so interesting how when you start to look at the human design and the natal chart, how they tie together. And what I love is that, like, I know that from looking at my chart, but to have the love letter and that affirmation of like giving permission that this is how you, like, you get to be unique you get to feel into what is right for you. And when you do that, everything else will kind of flow into place. And so for me, it's been really taking that step back and trusting that. And I've been feeling good the last couple of weeks of really letting go of that. So. Yeah. So I love Susan's chart. So for any of you like human design nerds out there, she has like the 14, two, and then the one eight. So going from the sacral through the G up into the throat and her son's in gate two, which is a direction of the self. So it's like, she has so much individual energy and she's really here to be doing her own thing in her own way. And then the 59, six is what gives her emotional definition. So it's still about providing for those who are close to her and making sure that everyone's needs are met and that she's in connection with the right people at the right time. So it's got this really, obviously all of human design has this energy, but your chart specifically is about, I'm here to do the things that I want to do in the way that I do them when it's right for me. And when I do, I can provide for everybody that I know and I love and that's close to me, which is just so beautiful because that's what everyone's here to do. But I love looking at your chart um, specifically. Um, so I wanted to just go back, first of all, shameless plug for Paula Shepard, so of the current yes. blueprint. She's like an emotional projector and she just 
really like embodies that like non-sacral life you know of like resting is important this has to you have to build your business in the right way it has to feel good and be sustainable or like what's the point of it anyway so if you that's what you guys need in your life I'm going to put the information um down in the comments for sure but I wanted to go back to what you were talking about about fear as well and that conditioning and jumping into action from anxiety because when we look at kind of the world in general and the societies that we live in they are so lack and fear driven. And what always comes to my mind whenever we talk about lack or fear or conditioning like within ourselves is we have in all, in our countries these giant multi-billion pound corporations where the CEOs get billions in bonuses every year knowing that the workers in their business cannot properly pay their electricity bills or buy their kids new clothes or you know buy the food that is healthiest for them. Because those at the top are so fucking scared that there won't be more money, that they cannot share it. And I think when we look at the richest people in society, they're all driven by fear and lack, mm -hmm. you know? And then society puts them on a pedestal and be like, be like these. Be so driven by fear and lack that you are willing to overwork yourself and others in order to ensure that you have more of something that you think is going to run out. And it's so hard because everything in society is built that way. Whereas they're not going to fucking run out, are they? If you've got billions in your bank account, like you're just not going to run out. Like you don't need more in there. And the best thing, you know, to do for humanity would be to share that extra money that you don't have so everyone can have enough. But we live in this society that's so driven by there is not enough of literally anything. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to step out of that and say, like, I know like in my body and I know about what I know about the world and the universe that there is enough money that there is enough time that there is enough energy that there are enough people and there are enough clients when from every aspect of your life you're being bombarded with you know price of the petrol going up there's not enough food shortages there's not enough like everyone can't pay their bills there's not enough and I think that's a constant battle that we fight every day mm -hmm. absolutely and it's I don't watch the news. I really don't watch TV. So if anything's bubbling, either people are talking about it on social media and it'll kind of come into my awareness or when I log into the internet, like the headlines pop up and stuff, mm -hmm. but we're getting bombarded by so many things that instill fear. And I've always said, and this is so true, is that First of all, beauty is around us and it's quiet and it just exists. And, and so is peace. And so is love. Love doesn't need to scream and be in our faces. It's so subtle. And the people that want us to live in fear or the, or the mentality of fear and lack, it's around us in our faces because it's got to be. Because if we just are quiet and block all of that out and just sit you can see you could feel the abundance around you mm. like there was a really good example again using my birthday so I was adopted and my birthday's always been very difficult for me because and I reconnected with my biological mother in 2017 we had a really great relationship we got very close I know she told me how difficult it was to make the decision to give me up but at the end of the day, as a baby, you don't understand. You feel energetically mm. that abandonment and that rejection. So my birthday has always been very difficult for me. And I, this year was so different because, first of all, I had this emotional release done. It's I always like to exchange um, mm -hmm. services with other providers and learn what they do. So there's a woman, um, Jane... And of course, I can't remember her last name. But so she did this emotional release technique because a lot of times we do get emotions stuck in our body. And I read her chart in exchange and it's been amazing. And so that helped because I had a lot of stuff move out. But I, for the first time on my birthday, instead of feeling, oh, I'm so abandoned. No one loves me. I'm not seen, which is so not true. It's so not true. I was open to all the love 
that was around me. It was the best birthday I have ever had. And I didn't do anything special. There were no huge parties, just relishing in every single word of love and appreciation in the birthday wishes that I got. Even, um, because <laughs> you get those auto emails from whether it's the per- place you got your car from or um, like the vet's office, the vet's like, office. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff. I read every single one of those, every single one of those. And I was just like, thank you. And just relished in that love and support. And it was so beautiful because I just was able to see what was what was actually around me instead of blocking it by living in this, this lack and this, this fear mentality. Um, and having re- released it from my body was very helpful as well, but it just was amazing. And so I like the saying that like, it's not, it's not pie. It's if you don't, someone gets a slice, you're not going to get a slice. It's the, the world is very abundant. The universe is very abundant. And so often we block ourselves off because we're focusing and letting in that fear. And it's it's all around, like you'll make yourself crazy if you look at everything in the world that's wrong, all the injustices, and not to say you can't have compassion. Because of course, it really sucks seeing people suffer. But I always like to tell people, and I, I, I believe in this so deeply, is that the solution is never in the same vibration as the problem. Mm-hmm. So if there are people suffering and there are injustices in the world, how can you help to change it if you're suffering with them? You, you can't. By, by sitting in compassion and, and lovingly be like, oh my gosh, this is really horrible. But staying in that vibration of love and compassion, now you're able to see solutions that you can't see from that place of suffering to take action. And, and it's, the, and it, it'll, in that space, it usually is the right, correct action too, that will make an impact. So I feel that that's the same way personally in your life is, is that we are all surrounded by so many beautiful, amazing things. And if we focus on the things that are hard or that are difficult or the fear, let the fear take over. And it's not to say push it away either, because mm-hmm. Now you're just denying it. <laughs> you're just like, like not acknowledging it. Um, you know, but it's like having a conversation and, and getting real with yourself. Is this, is this real? What is really around me that's so beautiful? And it's just so shifting. It just, it makes such a difference. Yeah. I think that's a really important point that you said there as well. Like, because sometimes whether I feel like this or whether this actually happens, I feel like people kind of project that onto me, you know, because the same, I don't watch the news. I don't keep up with it because the majority of those things, there's nothing I can do about all they're going to do for me as a manifester is piss me off. And like you said, there is no solution in the same vibration as a problem. And I think one thing I love about like, you know, the mentalities that we share, but also like when you fall into like spirituality, which I believe it's like we all trip and it's like, Oh, we're here now. This is who we are. Um, you can't get out of that, you know, because it's like from our perspective and I'm sure from a lot of people listening, like energy is energy is energy, you know? So it's like, if I sit in love and compassion for somebody else, I'm also sitting in love and compassion for myself. I'm sharing love and compassion with the people around me. And thus I am contributing to greater love and compassion in the world, even if I'm not doing anything, you know, you don't have to go to the rally. You don't have to write to, you know, your representatives, like, go ahead and do that if that's what you want to do. But just by sitting in love and compassion in your day-to-day life, like you are making an impact because it's at the end of the day, it's those tiny little things that we get to love and appreciate about our lives. And until everyone can sit in that love and compassion, but hold it in the same hand that they're holding like, like the realization of the hate and the injustice and like the pain in the world that's the only way we can make change. You know, it's not about ignoring it, but it's saying this exists, but we also have access to this. And while I can't physically change these bad things, I'm going to shift my focus to the things that are good. It doesn't mean I'm not paying attention to the bad things in the world. Like I know that they're there, but focusing on them is not the solution. 
Whereas the longer that I spend in joy and in peace and in abundance and in connection, the more I am, you know, adding to those energies in the world, the less that has power. And the Mm -hmm. more that we all do that, the less power it holds. But also if everyone we know becomes more spiritual and follows their life path and follows their gut feelings and do the things that make them happy, the world as we know it is going to collapse. And that's going to be like horribly messy. And I truly believe that's coming. And I don't know if it's going to be within my lifetime, but the world that we live with the access that we have right now, the access to information, like it can't, it can't continue. Like there's no way. I feel like I went off on a tangent at the end there, but that's, that's how I feel right now. Well, and it's interesting too, because I feel, and I can see it how, because again, beauty, love, compassion, it's very quiet. It doesn't have to be loud. So if you can peel away the layers and get there, it's just this really beautiful, serene, quiet energy. And I feel very strongly that what we're seeing in the world, it's almost, it's the backlash of the hatred and these lower vibrations. They almost, they're trying to be louder to pull people off balance because so many people are choosing love and compassion. They're choosing to act in a way that is from their core, like their next right action. They're not, so in other words, they're not acting out of hatred. They're not acting out of anger. They may feel anger, but the action they're taking, it's, it's it's aligned and it's from, it's from love and saying, this is not okay. And it's really interesting because I found that as I've been really doing a lot of work and shifting my vibration, the people that just very naturally randomly kind of start to interact with me are people that are seekers. They're on a similar sort of journey, maybe not exactly the same. And it's, so even if they don't sign up for like a program or they're just trying to figure stuff out, just the fact that I can hear them and say, I see you. I hear what you're saying. You're doing great. It's just like so change life changing for them. And 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 a, and a quick story, case in point, I I think it was Tuesday. It's beautiful here in Connecticut. Gorgeous, gorgeous. And I have a paddleboard, and I've not been on my paddleboard all year, which is horrible because <laughs> the water gives me peace. Being on my paddleboard is just so serene, and there's something about physically being in balance on the board. Mm. It's that constant shifting and flowing of the board that translates to me kind of in a spiritual way. I don't know. It's, it's, I just love being on it. So we're very blessed where I live. There's a place called Mansfield hollow. It's a public water supply and there's a dam there, but you can, you can take your kayaks and your paddle boards out on it. So I ended up paddling out. I had this, and again, it's, I just felt like you need to take your paddleboard out. All right. So I ended work a little early, took the paddleboard out, got on the water. And I had this, this strong inclination to paddle toward the back of where the, where the uh, lake is. And that's where the inlet of the river is. And there's a route called 195 that's in the back and you can paddle under it and go to the river And I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll do that because I haven't been back there. The water was high. Great day for it. So I'm paddling. And I felt like I was in a Disney movie because there's like a great heron and a tree just watching me and these beautiful bank swallows like swooping down and like uh, skimming the top of the water and like little baby fish jumping out of the water and fraught. Like it just, you know, I felt like a Disney princess, like the animals around (laughs) me. And so as I'm paddling back, I see someone standing on the bridge. So... I keep going and I couldn't tell if they were fishing or just contemplating life. Cause it's not an area that's easy to get to. So if someone goes there, it's either a really good fishing spot or they just want, they just are trying to process things. So I get closer and this young man was there and he jumps up and he's like, hi, how are you? And we started talking paddle boarding, but very quickly the conversation shifted to where he is in his journey of spirituality, how he, and he's, and I asked him what his age was because the wisdom coming out of him and the, the self awareness was amazing to me. And he's like, well, I'm only 21. Wow. And I said to him, 
I just want to tell you, if you don't think you have your shit together, you do. Because there are a lot of 21-year-olds that don't have the realizations that you have about what you've done in your life, where you want to go, how you want to be different. He was reading a book. I think it was called The Sixth Sense. I don't remember. But it was about intuition and how he can dial into his intuition in his body. And I'm like, who are you? (laughs) But just, and it was amazing because we would, we would be talking and just from my knowing and my experience, I know what he's experiencing to be true and to have worked for me. And I would acknowledge that. And he, and he was so excitable. He'd be like, yes, yes. Like just because someone got him and someone understood. And I feel that when we're in this place and we are right with ourselves and we are feeling peace and we are feeling compassion and really into our bodies and understanding what you know our souls are telling us that we encounter people like that who are on their journeys and he and he and I are like best buddies now he's I'm three years older than his mother he thought I was 36 I'm like I love you I'm 54 (laughs) um so he like he wants me to meet his mom and his gram because he thinks that we'd all get along which is beautiful and it's just so cool but to just to see him light up with that acknowledgement and being seen and not thinking that he's weird and just really understanding um, like that's powerful. And I think that type of power of supporting people in that journey is so much more powerful than meeting hatred with hatred and anger with anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was such a two four story as well. Like, you know, followed my sacral, met someone mutually beneficial. We had a great time. Um, I love that. So there's a couple of things I wanted to say. I know we're going to start wrapping up in a minute, but I think that's part of like, you know, following your gut or your intuition or your authority or whatever you want to call it. It's not, well, I think when we talk about it, we think about the big things, you know, like selling your house or quitting your job or getting a divorce, you know, or like buying a dog. I don't know. But um, it's really, it's those little things, you know, it's the like, oh, what's over there? It's like sitting in a different place in your coffee shop today. It's like going to a different sandwich shop. Like it's those tiny little things that we don't necessarily recognize as following our authority because they're so small. But when you start to feel them and follow them and recognize them, you collect that evidence. So when one comes up that's like, do not get in your car today, you're like, I felt this enough times that I'm going to listen because I know whatever's going to happen is probably not going to be great there are or maybe what what's going to happen here is going to be great you know so it's either moving you away from something that isn't for you or towards something that is for you but it is mostly in those little tiny quiet moments that we experience our intuition when we recognize it um oh and there's one more other thing i wanted to say too Oh yeah, this was it. I think with both our modalities, with astrology, with human design and with the other modalities out there, like if they're being used correctly and if they're being shared correctly, it's never about me and what I think. It's never about what I think you should do with your life. It's never about what this book or what this system says you should do with your life. It's giving you tools to be perfectly you. Mm. And I'm saying, this is what I can see about your energy from the chart. You now get to decide what you're going to do with it. And having that concept of, you know, doing things that make you feel good. That's not things that I think make you feel good or things that I, you know, that should make you feel good. It's like what makes you feel good. And now Mm -hmm. you have full control of your life. I think that's definitely what I've recognized when we've worked together with clients is just giving them that permission and tools to say, you are in control of your life, Mm -hmm. regardless of what anyone else says. And you get to decide what you do next and you get to decide what you do after that. And from this moment on, we want you to have full autonomy around what you do with your life. And if that and if that is, forget everything we've ever said and never talk to us again, full permission to do that too. Yep. Probably not going to be, you know, because you're going to feel seen and powerful. But if that is, then that's cool, you know. But it's like, this is your autonomy to control your life, which you should have had from the beginning. Yeah. Oh, I love what you said with that. It's so true because I've had clients come to me and say, well, just tell me what to do. And it's like, no, 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 no. And then we have the conversation. Well, what do you think? And it, again, it's getting back to that permission and then they trust themselves. And once once you get a taste of like your own power, mm. it it's, 
almost intoxic. It's it's like, and that's why I love doing what I do. It's really seeing the people that I work with just blossom and step into their power and be very clear and decisive. And even if they, because let's be real, we're, we all feel fear. We're always going to feel fear. That's a very real thing. It's what you do with that. And to see them, the fear may come up, but either talking in a coaching session about it or eventually they have the trust in themselves to be able to talk themselves through it. Like that's, that's why I do what I do. Like you, I want people to be their fullest true selves. I don't, what I say doesn't really matter. It's all about you and what feels right for you and what feels true for you. Yeah. And I think that's definitely why all of us love doing this work because we're giving people the power back that has been taken from them. Mm -hmm. You know, even unintentionally, I think, from like the moment they were born, just from the way we live society. Wow. This has been the most fabulous conversation. Like we've gone so many different kind of routes and it's just been incredible. So thank you so much for being here and sharing your beautiful, you know, manifesting generator, individual circuitry with us today. Oh, this is wonderful. I know we could talk for hours. So I, I appreciate this. I always love talking to you. So thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening to Practical Awakening. I know there are thousands of podcasts out there and I'm so grateful to have shared this episode with you. Check out the show notes for all links from today's episode. If you loved what you heard, screenshot and share this episode on social media. Be sure to tag me so I can repost.